Welcome everybody to our Halacha podcast. We try to talk about little known halachas and observances that people may not be familiar with and the sources behind them. This week we'll talk about the upcoming Yom Tif of Yom Kippur, which will be a little over a week. And the halacha tells us regarding Yom Kippur that we have an obligation to afflict ourselves. Now that's generally understood to mean that we're not allowed to eat and drink on Yom Kippur. The Talmud tells us, though, that it also includes several other prohibitions. It's questionable in the Rishonim whether it's a Torah prohibition or a rabbinic prohibition, but a person also is prohibited to wash or to bathe any part of the body under normal circumstances. It's prohibited to anoint oneself perfumes or lotions. It's prohibited to wear leather shoes. It's also prohibited to have marital relations. Now, the, the prohibitions of Yom Kippur are a little bit different than other types of prohibitions that we might have, such as other dietary laws. Whereas dietary laws tell us pork and shellfish, for example, are prohibited to be eaten, the food themselves is prohibited. And although a person may not eat even a little tiny bit of, of those non-kosher foods, the punishment does not kick in until a person eats the size of a kazai, the size of an olive. Yom Kippur is not like that. Yom Kippur, although again, we're not allowed even a little bit of food, but the punishment does not kick in until the person eats the size of a kakosevis. It's the size of a, of a date. Now the reason why the prohibition, it's a larger, it's kakosevis, it's almost twice the size of an olive. The reason why it's different than the rest of the other types of foods is because on Yom Kippur, it's not just that the food is prohibited, it's just that we have to afflict ourselves. And if, even if a person eats the size of an olive, that's still considered afflicting. In other words, a person is not satisfied eating the size of an olive. There isn't any real satisfaction until a person eats the size of a kakosev, the size of a date. And therefore, even if he ate the size of an olive, he would not yet be liable until he ate the size of the kakosev, the size of the, of the date. It's interesting, the Torah tells us, although the idea of, of, is affliction, it's not the same thing as the affliction of Tishabov, for example. Tishabov, we afflict ourselves as an expression of mourning for the loss of the base major, loss of the temple, different sorrows, different, different sorrow, different tragedies that befell the Jewish people. Yom Kippur, the Torah tells us that it's Shabbos Shabbason, it's the Shabbos of Shabboses. What that means to say is that the idea we avoid and the abstinence of food and physical pleasures in Yom Kippur is not just to make ourselves feel rotten and be able to be the size of grief. To the contrary, it's a day of, of Shabbos. On Shabbos, under normal circumstances, we avoid work. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual day, and therefore certain types of physical activities are prohibited. Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbosons, the Shabbos of Shabboses, though. And therefore, it's more of a spiritual day than Shabbos, and therefore we have to avoid more physical activities than we do on Shabbos. And therefore, even eating and drinking, other types of physical activities are prohibited in Yom Kippur too, not so much because we're supposed to feel grief. To the contrary, the Talmud tells us that Yom Kippur is actually one of the happiest days of the year. The reason is because such a spiritual day, in some ways, we're like angels on this day. And therefore, angels have no physical needs. And therefore, we too avoid other physical types of activities such as eating, drinking, bathing, etc. It puts a little bit different spin on the idea of the prohibitions on Yom Kippur. That's one of the reasons why people dress white or maybe they wear a kittel on Yom Kippur. And although the kittel reminds us of the day of death, that's true. But it's also to understand because this day we become angelic. We become like angels, above human beings, so to say. We don't have the needs of a regular human being on this day. 
Therefore, we dress accordingly also, angelically speaking. It's a similar idea also in that prohibition against wearing shoes. Now, we do find, for example, that in the space of Migdash, the Allah required a person to remove his shoes before entering into the base of Migdash. When the Kohanim and the Kohen Godel did their service in the base of Migdash, they had to walk barefoot. Matter of fact, because the service on Yom Kippur was such a, was a long service, there was a special room in the Beis Yemekdash called the Beis Mokad, where there was a fire burning on the floor. So the floor was very hot. And the Kohen Gadol would walk there and stand there for a little while to heat his feet up in order that when he entered into the other part of the Beis Yemekdash and do the service on the cold floor, that he wouldn't catch cold because he, was, he, had, to wear, he had to go barefoot. Now, some people mistakenly think that the reason why we don't wear shoes in Yom Kippur is because this is a holy day. Therefore, just like the Kohen removed his shoes in the base of Migdash, we too are supposed to remove our shoes. There may be something to that also, but the simple understanding of the prohibition of wearing shoes is because leather shoes are considered a source of comfort. And since the Torah tells it to Anuas Nafshoseh, you're supposed to afflict yourselves, avoid physical comfort, therefore we have to remove our shoes. The practical difference, of course, is that in the base of Migdash, they could not wear sneakers either, even though there was no leather on them. They couldn't even wear socks for that matter, despite the fact that there was no leather on them. On the other hand, on Yom Kippur, it's permitted to wear socks, permitted to wear leather, shoes that are not leather on synthetic materials too, because it's still considered an affliction. Leather shoes considered something which is comfortable, and that's why it's considered, that's why it has to be avoided. But other types of materials are permitted to wear on Yom Kippur. This gives a little bit of a different insight also insofar as the prohibitions themselves on Yom Kippur. As I mentioned before, Yom Kippur itself, the Torah says, we have an obligation of tanu to afflict ourselves, and the rabbis understood to me by not eating or drinking. There's an interesting question. For example, is a person allowed to take different types of pills and things like that before the holiday to make it easier to fast? On one hand, the Torah says tanu, you're supposed to afflict yourselves. On the other hand, though, the prohibition is only eating and drinking. And for as long as a person does not eat or drink, that's still considered tanu, even if he doesn't even feel the hunger necessarily. It's interesting, because the prohibition is ta'anu also, although the fast day is a pretty serious fast day, but of course if a person is deathly ill, the lacha human life takes precedence over any prohibition, and therefore you're allowed to eat on Yom Kippur if a person is in a situation of life-threatening situation. But even if a person is not life-threatening, a person is pretty sick, so under certain circumstances it may be permitted to eat also, as long as a person is careful to avoid the ta'anu. Now again, this has to be done under rabbinical guidance, of course, because you can't eat it under normal circumstances. But say certain types of illnesses that may not necessarily be life-threatening, it might be permissible for a person to eat as long as he spreads it apart within a little piece of food less than the size of a, of a date, and then he waits a period of time before he eats another, size of, another piece of food. The rabbis tell us approximately nine minutes. That between nine, if a person eats less than the size of a date, waits nine minutes, and again, less than the size of a date, so then he has not yet, he has not transgressed the idea of ta'anu. It's still considered an affliction because he doesn't have the food at one time in front of him and eating it at one time to be able to satisfy him. That's, that still would be considered an affliction. Now, again, as I mentioned before, even less than the size of a date is prohibited. It's only permitted under certain circumstances such as illness. Again, it requires rabbinic guidance, medical, medical guidance, of course, before a person should do anything like this. But if there, many times what a person will have to break the fast, 
they'll say, or even if a person life threatening, if he's able to break the fast like this, what he should do is eat a little bit less than the size of a date, wait nine minutes, eat a little again, a little bit less than the size of a date, even throughout the day. So that way he gets the nutrition that he might need, but it's still considered an affliction because he didn't eat it at one time. Yom Kippur, as we come into Yom Kippur, it should be of atonement for all of us when we fulfill the halakhas properly of Yom Kippur. Both the halakhas between man and God, the halakhas between man and man. We are guaranteed assistance and guaranteed forgiveness for this day. And may the Almighty help us all that we should be in Zohar, merit to have a Gemara Chasim Tova, a complete ceiling for the positive in this upcoming year. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.